Good morning. We're so glad you guys are with us today. Uh, we want to invite you to worship with us. So as our call to worship this morning, we're going to read from Psalm 46. So let's remember who our God is. And God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear that the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. The nations rage and the kingdoms totter, but he utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So let's run to him this morning and let's come with all our burdens and ask him to show us who he is today.
our desire this morning that we would trust him that we would run to him if we're honest we run to so many things and we don't run to our God we chase after sin and just things that aren't him so this morning we want to come and we want to confess our sin before our good God and remember that he is gracious to forgive us and we'll rest in his assurance so together there's going to be some words on the screen that if it says together, we'll read them out loud together. So let's confess this morning. Good Father, remind us again who you are. The gracious and merciful God. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The faithful one who extends new mercy to us every morning. But we confess we have forsaken your love and kindness by living as if you don't exist. We have tried to make earth our home, even though you told us this world is not your home. Together, Father, forgive us. By your kindness, lead us to repentance and rest in you. We have been far too easily pleased with the broken cisterns and empty wells of this world. Even though you told us, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink together. Father, forgive us, and by your kindness, lead us to repentance and rest in you. And friends, brothers and sisters, hear the good news of God to us this morning. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh and makes us righteous. Because of Jesus, we can say in full assurance of faith together, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine Shall nakedness or danger or sword together? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We can be sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And together let's say, thanks be to God. Let's rejoice in him this morning. And so as a way to just remind our hearts and our souls of who our God is, we're gonna sing this song that I wrote quite a while back now. And uh, I was just dealing with a lot of anxiety and it's just crazy how the Lord can take something from another season and make it feel like it was written just for this moment. So let's remember his, his reminder to us in Matthew 6 that we need not be anxious like the world, but we can trust him because he's our good father. So let's sing this together. We are sons and daughters of a good Father, be not anxious like the world. 
1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast your cares upon Jesus because he cares for you. So let's just take a minute and bring him our cares, bring him our anxieties. Remember who he is. Let's cast our cares on him. Cast your cares upon Jesus. He cares. He carries you, cast your cares upon Jesus. He cares for you, yes, he does. He carries you, so cast your cares upon Jesus. He cares for you. He cares for you, oh, and he carries you. Our time of intercession today is continued prayer for the pandemic our world is facing. This sounds very scary at first, but at the same time, we have a God who is very much on his throne and is very much in control of all we can see and what we cannot see. He says before we were born, he knew the number of hair on each one of our heads. He knows the beginning from the end, and he sustains our very breath. But it is very real, and for those of us that fall into the compromised category, we're learning to trust God in new ways. For those of us who fear for the immune compromised and the elderly, we are learning to trust in new ways. For those who do not know the Lord Jesus as their Savior, we ask that a revival would come, that people would see the immediacy of our fragile mortality, and that in your grace and mercy you have sent a provision in your Son, Jesus. May they call upon your name and be saved. May a hope and peace and joy fill them unlike anything they've ever known. And for those of us who know and believe the words of our Savior, we ask that you would impart to us as your children peace, hope, kindness, self-control, love, everything you possess and promise that is ours in Christ Jesus. Lord, we want to pray for people in general to have wisdom, to know when to stay home, when to quarantine, and keep the rule of 10 and no more. And when it's okay to go out and get groceries, may we honor our governing authorities requesting this time, and we thank you so much for them, Lord. It's way too complicated for us to figure out on our own, and we need your spirit to grant us wisdom. We pray, 
pray specifically for truck drivers, doctors, nurses, and those who are sacrificing working in stores to keep our country supplied. Bless them, protect them, fill them with the power and hope of the gospel. Lord, in a special way, be with parents who are at home working with their kids, kids who are home from school. Lord, what an opportunity. Use these days, make them precious, grant creativity and wisdom and learning in ways they never dreamed was possible. Unite families during this time. Bring reconciliation to those in homes that need reconciliation and be with the compromised immune systems and the elderly. Have mercy on those who are and will get sick. And thank you, God, for the power and freedom we have to enter into your presence and cry out on behalf of this pandemic, would you eradicate it, Lord Jesus? You can stop it in an instant, and we ask in the name above all names, take it, Lord Jesus, away, we pray. Thank you, like Tim preached, we have a good God, a good judge, who loves, just loves it, when his people persistently, persistently petition the throne. So we pray desperately. Come, Lord Jesus. Well, good morning. We're so glad to be together with you guys. Um, we normally welcome each other by handshakes, but this morning we want to invite you just to post in the comments section what town you're in and who you're with this morning. So go ahead. We're going to give you about a minute to do that, and we'll be back to you in just a second. So you guys can go ahead and post in the comments uh, who you are, where you're at, um, and we'll we'll give you a minute to uh, to get that done. And just so you know, that comment the comment feed is going to be open uh, all morning. So some of us this is brand new. Some of us it's different. Some of us are used to things like this. But um, if you have any prayer requests, anything, any questions that come up, anything that uh, hits you in a special way, as Tim preaches. Uh, we want you to feel the freedom to just leave a comment um, and for us just to be a family and we'll all respond. We'll have people ready to answer questions, pray with you, um, anything we can. So you guys can go ahead and leave the, leave the comments and that'll be open all morning. And so we've been uh, worshiping our God through, the, through the, our voices and the songs of our heart and we're going to take a few moments now to continue that worship, uh, but this, this time it's going to be through our giving. And so, first of all, if you're, if you're a guest with us, um, we're just so grateful that, you jo that you've joined us. Uh, we want you to feel no pressure whatsoever to, to give. We're just really glad that, that you're with us. And for those of us who are Christians and are committed to this church, um, God calls us to give generously and sacrificially. And so... We'd love to invite you to give online. There are two easy ways to do that. First, we'll have a link in the comment in the comment section uh, to our website where you can uh, give, or you can go to our website, sacredmission.church, and hit the Give tab on there and fill out your information to give a one-time gift or to give regularly. And so as we prepare to give, let me read these verses from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus tells us, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And so, by us like, giving together this morning, 
that's actually like a really practical yet radical way that we can be the light in an uncertain world that we're in right now. And so if you guys are like me, you hear everyone around us and even a lot of things within us that are telling us to store up your treasure, to like depend on yourself, to depend on what your resources can get you, um, things like save your money or even like hoard all the toilet paper you can get. But Jesus, but Jesus, like he always has and he always will, is leading his church. Jesus is leading his people to act, to act generously and to give of ourselves sacrificially. And so that by that, the, by the grace of God, our neighbors, our friends, and even the world can see what we're doing. And it's our hope and our prayer that through that, um, they can find true rest. They can find true, true peace uh, in their souls as they give glory to our Father who's in heaven. And so let's pray. So Jesus, we're just so grateful that you love us. We're so grateful that you're good to us. Um, we're just so grateful that in moments like this, we can look to you um, as a good father who's given first, who's given the most and given the best. And so Lord, would that, would that truth just set deep in our souls this morning um, and make us a generous and sacrificial people. And so Jesus, we're grateful and we pray all these things in your name. Amen. And so... As you finish up uh, getting to those links and putting in your information to give, I've got a few announcements for us. Um, first, as we navigate so much change in our lives, it's more important now than ever for us to stay connected to each other. And so one way, one way that we want to invite you to do that is through our community groups. And so we'll be connecting uh, with our community groups after the service via Zoom, and we'll make sure those links are accessible and very easy for you guys to find in the comment section. So don't rush off after Tim finishes his sermon. Uh, and then if you haven't got plugged into a group yet, we want to encourage you to get plugged in and we'll have a connection group chat and we'll have people excited and happy to get you connected to a group so you can get plugged in. And then just the second last thing I have is we wanna bring your attention to our website, sacredmission.church and on our homepage at the very top, you'll see a red bar that um, is where we're putting our, all of our updates and she, you can click here uh, to get more details. And I just want to highlight a couple things you'll see on that page. First, you can sign up for Happenings, and that'll be a quick and easy way for us to communicate to you what's going on in our ever-changing reality. And the second is there's a form on there. You'll see a link to a form. If you need help or know anyone that needs help, you can click on that link. Let us know. Um, if your neighbor needs help, if you need help, any way that we can meet a need, or if you're a person that has um, excess resources of any sort that you feel like can help someone else, just let us know. We'll get you connected and we'll get, we'll get in the action together. And so I'm going to invite Madison up here for one last announcement. Hi guys, I just wanted to say a special good morning to all the kids that are watching. And if you guys um, haven't already, we have this special printable for you guys. Some of you, your parents have already printed this off. And if not, um, we are going to post the link right now. So you guys can print it off. It's just some really cool things to take notes with. Uh, there's like a little drawing part and it's super fun. We're really excited. Um, so make sure you guys get that. And then why don't you guys all grab your Bibles and Silas Kimberly is going to come up and read our scripture today. This is the word of the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
Even though I walk through the valley of a shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head of oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Silas. Oh, man. Well, it is awesome to be together, and it is, in one sense, really great that we can be together like this, and it is also a bummer that we aren't gathered physically. I think Jesus came to us physically, and so it is actually really great for us to, uh, and hopefully, I think, for us to be able to um, soon shake hands, (laughs) for us to be able to soon hug each other, um, I don't think we should go to the holy kiss thing. You know, it, I think, I don't know if something happened in the first century that the Roman Empire got to where they were like, I'm, I've missed you all so much. Uh, but uh, man, just to be face to face as a church together soon, uh, I, I hope and pray for. Uh, and at the same time, I'm, I'm super grateful for us to be able to be a church like this right now. Um, We've been going through the parables of Jesus. If you missed any of these, you can go to sacredmission.church or uh, that in iTunes and and listen to some of those. We're going to be talking about sheep again today, and we've actually had a a message last week that was about that that could even inform the way that we're looking at today. But this week, instead of going through the parables, we're going to look at one of the most well-known chapters of the Bible uh, to direct us, to inform us to inspire us and to change us. Um, Whenever we are in the word of God, we don't wanna leave uh, and be uh, the same. We wanna leave changed. Um, And so, as mentioned, we'll be doing a Zoom call too after this. And so, uh, on those Zoom calls, we'll have five different calls that you can jump in on, either the groups that you've been a part of, or if you wanna join one of those groups, they would love to have you, or a new group. Um, But man, as the Lord speaks to you through his word, as we trust he's going to, uh, be be writing that down or uh, even chatting that right now, Uh, but then that'll be a great thing to share with other people uh, in our, our groups uh, than to be able to pray over each other. So if you have a Bible uh, at home, please turn to the book of Psalms. And if you take your Bible, if you're not familiar with uh, one that you may have, and if you just open it straight in the middle, you should come either to the book of Psalms or you'll be really close. So go left for a little while, and if you don't see it, go right for a little while, and you should find the book of Psalms. Um, these words that we're going to look at this morning and that we're going to walk into, they're more than 3,000 years old. These words are, they're ancient words. They're ancient, but it's important to know that they're not outdated. Just because something is ancient doesn't mean it's outdated, especially as we're talking about the words of God. These words accurately reflect the heart and actions of a God that's alive and well. He is not worn down. He's not outdated. His power, his hand, his grace, his presence, his presence is just as needed today and it's just as available today as it was when David first sat down and wrote Psalm 23. And Lord, I just ask that you would open our hearts to these words. Would you open us up to these words that then would open us up to you? We ask these things this morning, Jesus, in your name, amen. 
Psalm 23, verse 1 starts like this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Just this first verse says two really important things about God and one really important thing about David who's writing this down. So one of the first things really important that it says about God is look how it starts. It starts, the Lord. It doesn't start by saying, a Lord. (laughs) A Lord out there somewhere is my shepherd. No, it starts by saying, the Lord is my shepherd. So there's a big, fancy theological word for this concept that's called transcendence. Transcendence is basically us recognizing that God is way outside of our world. He actually made this place and he didn't make it from the inside. He made it from the outside, outside of time, outside of our reality. He, uh, he is that big. And we use the word transcendence to say how big he is. Isaiah uh, wrote of this too in Isaiah 40, verse 28. It says about God, have you not known, have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God? So he's not going to like tag somebody and say, okay, you're it, you're God now. <laughs> or no one tagged him and said, you're God now. He's the everlasting God, everlasting in the past and everlasting in the future. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. This is how big he is. He is the Lord. The only one that anyone should ever say is the Lord. He is transcendent. But the second thing that this verse says about God is he is eminent. Eminent is the other big fancy word. And what eminent means is that he is near. Sometimes when we know somebody that's like really important, really big, really fancy, really out there, sometimes when we know that person who's like really important, they're far away from us. They would not really even like care to get to know us. And what is amazing here is that this God, the Lord, is so near that David can call him his shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. So what does this mean? It means this, that God is big enough to handle anything. There's nothing where God's going to be like, whoa, this is too big. Because we've just seen like, he is big. He's bigger than anything. So there's nothing, nothing that God can't handle. So it means that God is big enough to handle anything. And it also means that he's near enough to shepherd each of us. He's near enough to shepherd each of us. We have a couple guys, Jason Celo, Mark Huntrods, that are a part of our church, and um, they both are have spent a lifetime as shepherds. And so it's it's great in passages like this to observe their life, to see the skill uh, and the love and the care um, and uh, the knowledge that's required for them to to uh, just engage into all the aspects of what it means to raise sheep and to do that with integrity and everything. And um, man, let me tell you that a shepherd cannot do their job remotely. (laughs) There's a lot of jobs people are doing right now remotely, and being a shepherd is not one of them. They cannot do their job remotely. Being a shepherd is messy. Being a shepherd is very hands-on. 
And this is the relationship David is saying, who was a shepherd himself. That's what he did growing up on the farm. And David saying, when I think of my God, the closest thing I can say is he is my shepherd. And then look how David ends verse one. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When David surrenders his life to his God, who is big enough and near enough, all that he truly needs in life, he can say, I, I'm not wanting anything. I shall not want I have freedom, I have peace, I have joy that's deeper than my circumstances. All I truly need is met in him, the good shepherd. Uh, man, that's true if you're listening to this and you're three years old, that's true if you're listening to this and you're 300 years old or anything in between is, uh, is that we shall not want when the Lord is our shepherd. And then David then writes this poem. So Psalm 23 is a poem. And in a poem, you're gonna say things, you're gonna have imagery, uh, you're gonna say things in a poem that's different than if you just wrote a letter to somebody. So David uses a poem to write about what life looks like when we have a really big God and we live with him really closely as our shepherd. Look at verse two. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Sounds nice, huh? Sounds nice. Sounds, sounds nice that even in the storms of life, even when times are scary, even when there's a bunch of unknown, when you're a sheep, uh, that can be coyotes. You hear them howling. You want to freak out. When you're a human, that can be things like a virus, loss of a job, um, cash flow, keeping you up at night, a lot of other things. How does this shepherd lead us? He makes us lie down in green pastures. He takes us to places that are nutrient-rich for us and where there's an ample supply of water. What's interesting is there's a sense here that the sheep would actually rather be somewhere else. Uh, the, the way, the wording they use is there, he knows himself so well, he knows us so well, that there's a sense that sheep would rather be somewhere else, but he makes us lie down because he's after something deeper. He's after something deeper, and that's verse three. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Man, this is a great transition if you see. I mean, I've never thought too much of sheep have souls. I don't think they do, so no offense to sheep out there, <laughs> but, um, but people do. People have souls. And so this is a clear statement, right, uh, as clear as can be, that we're transitioning a little bit out of the imagery of the sheep, but really looking at what the shepherd is doing for David, what the shepherd is doing for me, and that is he restores my soul. Man, um, I think all of us could say a hearty amen that Netflix doesn't restore my soul. Um, man, I mean, it's like, I think all of us have binged probably like what we wanted to have done like a couple months ago. It's like, if I could only just have some peace and quiet in Netflix, I'd be happy. And it's like, well, I got a whole bunch of Netflix and it doesn't restore my soul. Being anxious doesn't restore my soul. Having a bunch of toilet paper in my closet doesn't restore my soul. And I don't have that, by the way, just so you know. Uh, we aren't uh, hoarding it here that I'm aware of. Um, what restores my soul? Jesus restores my soul. David says uh, a second observation here in what he's saying is, look at that word restores. 
This week I was thinking about that word a little bit, and I just realized, you know what? Like a brand new shiny car doesn't need to be restored. No one ever bought a brand new car and was like, well, better take it to the restoration place, right? You'd pull in. They'd be like, what are you here for? But if you come in with like a worn out kind of rusty vehicle, they're like, you've come to the right place, right? And um, man, ever since the sin of Adam and Eve, we have had sin as part of our DNA. It runs through our blood. Um, We never have to teach a child to disobey. No one ever had to teach me how to disobey. I just did. Um, Our sinful actions separate us. At the core, we can say our soul is separated from God. The good shepherd, when we place our lives in his nail-scarred hands, when we place our lives in the nail-scarred hands of Jesus, we can say, he restores my soul. The relationship with me and God is restored as the good shepherd drawing near, and he's big and powerful to fix what needs to be fixed. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. His name is now on us when our faith is on him, in him. His passion is to lead us into flourishing. Just as a great shepherd is very aware of wanting his sheep to be very healthy and to flourish. And if they're not flourishing, he's very concerned about it. In the same way, our good shepherd is caring about us flourishing for his name's sake. Then verse four. Verse four was so true for David and it feels custom made for March 22nd, 2020. Verse four says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. If the shepherd is with us, we can take a stroll down the valley of the shadow of death and not fear evil. Why? Because we're tough? Man, I I don't feel tough right now. We're not tough. Our, our enemy is invisible, is, um, and uh, we're not tough. We're vulnerable. We all have compromised systems when you're walking down the valley of the shadow of death. We can be calm, though, because of verse 4. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A good shepherd is able to drive away everything that could threaten us. This verse could always, we could almost reword this verse. He carries a big stick and he knows how to use it. Imagine if like you're a sheep and you like hear of something that's kind of maybe gonna freak you out and you see him grab his staff and you're like, man, he knows how to use that thing. That it does not have a chance against my God. You are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Then verse five, uh, man, just kind of, if we're here, it takes us even to another place. You prepare a table before me. These are, uh, these are the traits of a good shepherd and it should feel uh, surges of peace, almost feeling overwhelmed that it's like, he does this for me. He did this for David and he does this for me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil my cup overflows. What the Lord does here is incredible. 
how he treats us is incredible. He doesn't remove us from our problems. You see that? It's not like, I've never known an enemy before. I don't even know what that word means. Enemy in me, I just don't know. He doesn't do that. He doesn't give us a perfect life free from conflict. He doesn't keep all enemies away from us. Look at this. While enemies surround us, he prepares a table. He's setting dinner for David, for us in the presence of our enemies, providing food, providing peace to not be overcome by the enemies, but instead to be sustained and not just be sustained, but he's anointing my head with oil. I mean, he's like combing his hair. Uh, he's like not making him look like this disheveled, freaked out. And it's not because of looks, but it's like God desires us not just to survive in the midst of our enemies, but he is nourishing us there. He's giving us the peaceful presence of himself and the ability to be present with him as he is serving us, surrounded by our enemies, anointing our head with oil, and David's response is, my cup overflows. Man, I mean, those are the type of things you feel like when you're first handed your child after uh, being born or uh, on like at the altar getting married, like where you just are like, I can't, I can't say anything over than just if I have a cup, it's flowing over. And this is the way that David is feeling about the way that God is his shepherd in times like this. Then the last, uh, um, one reason I think that David can feel this way too is because of the one who is preparing the table for him. I feel like this is really important. It's not just that it's like, oh, look, I've got good food at this table. This is wonderful. And like the waiter is not important. For David, the one who is serving him throughout the psalm is incredibly important. His shepherd is incredibly important because get this, Jesus in parts of scripture is known as the prince of peace, right? Jesus is the prince of peace. If you need, if you need peace, um, he is the one we look to to rule over us as the prince of peace. And in full seriousness, Jesus says this in Matthew 10, 28. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. The worst condition would not be coronavirus, bankruptcy, anything else you can think of. The worst condition is being on the wrong side of this shepherd, is being on the wrong side of God. That's the worst condition any of us could experience. That has both present consequences and it has eternal consequences. This leads David in Psalm 23 uh, at verse six to say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. With the Lord as our shepherd, he is committed to lead us for a lifetime in these ways. All the days of my life then the end is the beginning for us. We get to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That was David's delight to ponder. He's pondering on this. He's thinking about it. He's in the midst of everything going on. He's like, oh, and on top of it all, I get to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Would that be our delight to ponder as well? 
And so, um, man, as this psalm has just come over us, I think there are just a couple really key questions for us to ask ourselves. Ask those that are in the living room with you uh, or uh, text friends or put it in the comments section is, uh, is first just very clearly, is the Lord your shepherd? We see this from David that with the Lord being his shepherd, all of these things he is experiencing from his God, from his shepherd, from Jesus. And the question to us, is the Lord your shepherd? What does that mean just to be as clear as I can? This means simply you believe Jesus came for you. Not for friends, family, that's good. Yes, he did, but he came for you. Jesus came for you. He lived a perfect life here in your place. He died on the cross in your place paying the penalty of your sin. He paid the penalty of your sin on the cross. It was excruciating, and he did that for you because he loves you, he's pursuing you, and um, uh, he did that for you. He then conquered death. This is not about a memorial about Jesus. He is alive and well. He is on the move. He's pursuing you right now. That's why you are hearing this. He conquered death through his resurrection. Because he lives, you will live. Do you believe this? Do you believe him? Is he your Lord? Is he your shepherd? If you do believe this, he's your shepherd. If you don't believe this, he's not your shepherd. But, man, even if you would, no matter what your life has been like up to this point, his kindness, his grace to you, his love for you, and no matter what you have done, he offers you salvation. He offers you to believe in him. Uh, some of the worst people in the world are people who wrote these words. Some people who have done some of the worst things. Uh, you have not out Paul. And, uh, and we have gone through so many of his writings as we've been going through the word of God. So would you put your trust in Jesus today? Be free. Allow the good shepherd to be your shepherd. And then second, uh, for all of us, man, would we this morning draw near to our shepherd? He is big. He is near. He restores our soul. Um, man, with 24-hour news cycles, with kids at home 24-7, um, even being kind of forced to be in our homes, it feels like we could still be frantic and busy and not have time. And man, would we be intentional? Maybe even right now, would you just be intentional to draw near to your shepherd? Allow him to restore your soul. In October of 1871, uh, the Great Chicago Fire destroyed almost every inch of Chicago. Horatio Spafford was living there with his family. They lost everything except each other. Uh, Horatio, Anna, four daughters. Um, at the last minute, Horatio had to stay behind, and he would catch the next ship to England. But he sent his family ahead to join their friend Dwight Moody, who was telling people about Jesus in England. Um, tragically, uh, so Horatio's in Chicago, Anna and the four girls are going to England, going to join a group of people there who are already there, and tragically, in the middle of the Atlantic, the ship was hit by another iron vessel, and 226 people died. 
including uh, Spafford's four daughters. His wife, Anna, survived the tragedy, and when she uh, got to England, she sent a telegram to Spafford and uh, said, saved alone. That was all she said, saved alone. As Spafford sailed to England to meet his wife, he sat down uh, on the ship and uh, wrote this song. Um, this song has been, uh, It Is Well With My Soul is the name of the song. Um, I remember on September 11th, 2001, uh, joining a group of people and just letting the song define my response, letting this song define my heart. And um, man, with God as our good shepherd, um, I think this would be a great moment. God hears all our voices at once. He is good and powerful that way. So wherever we are, um, let's, let's just come together and let this define our response at this time.
It's more challenging for us to be the church in some ways than what we're used to, um, but it's more important than ever for us to be the church. Um, and these lyrics, those things are true. So if you have yet put your trust in Jesus, um, that is his heart towards you. That is the power that he is inviting you into is to, to give your life to him. He has regarded your estate and he has shed his blood for your soul. And um, would you say yes and amen? Would you give your life to him? Would you let us know we can celebrate with you and um, help disciple you, help, help you see more and more of what he's done for you? Uh, one of the ways that we wrap up our services is with a benediction. And for hundreds of years, uh, these have, this has been a, a, a charge to each of us. Uh, to uh, to live boldly because of who we're living for and uh, what he is doing as our good shepherd. And this is from Ephesians 3, 16 through 17. If you want to hold your hands out, um, that is uh, posturing our bodies sometimes. It's not like uh, magical, but posturing our bodies can help posture our heart. Uh, if someone gets ready to hand you a gift, you reach your hands out. And so uh, if, if you even want to do that uh, to receive these words... May you all, according to the riches of his glory, be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you would be rooted and grounded in love. 
So once again, thank you so much uh, for being a part of this gathering. And uh, you'll, you'll be seeing in the comments, if some reason uh, that's not working out right, you can go to sacredmission.church and click on that red bar at the top. Uh, and we'll have all of the Zoom uh, rooms that we'd love you to, for you to now uh, just spend a little bit of time checking in. doesn't have to be long, but just let us know how you're doing. Let us know how we can pray for you, maybe your neighbors, and uh, we'll see you there. Thanks again for being a part of this.